0: Oldex. Codex Tyranids, 4th Edition. Hive Fleet Kraken. 993.m41. Written by Phil Kelly and Andy Chambers. With additional text by Andy Hoare and Graham McNeil, Pages 12-15. to 15. Narrated by R.J. Bailey. With great thanks to Alistair for donating this copy of Codex Tyranids. Hive Fleet Kraken. 993.M41 The Kraken Wakes. In the aftermath of the First Tyrannic War, there was little the Imperium could do to strike back at its foe. Behemoth had arrived from a virtually unexplored quarter, and had all but disappeared after the Battle of McCrag. The Technomagi of Mars spent many years classifying the Tyranid artifacts and bodies left on McCrack, but could divine little about their origins from the evidence. The obvious facts were that the Tyranids themselves formed an incredibly diverse race, and that they used advanced biotechnology. The only discovery of great note was that the Tyranids had employed gene-stealers as shock troops. These alien creatures had previously been thought to be autochthonous denizens of the moons of Ymgal that had spread through space aboard cargo barges. Their presence amongst the Tyranid hordes was testament that the theory was in error. Genetic samples confirmed that even the tentacle-moored Ymgal gene-stealers were Tyranid creatures, so why were they already established far to the galactic northwest? The Salamanders' chapter of space marines conducted a xenocidal campaign to purge the moons of Yum'gal, and inquisitors intensified their scrutiny for gene-stealer infestations, but nothing more could be done. Two and a half centuries passed, with neither sight nor sound of further tyrannid incursions. Nonetheless, when inhabited worlds in the systems of the galactic southeast began to suffer an epidemic of riots, terrorism, sabotage, and in some cases outright rebellion, the Ordo Hereticus of the Inquisition was quick to investigate. The Imperium's first concern was the rebellion on the industrial world of Icar IV. Soon after the fighting broke out, Inquisitor Agmar, a young but highly active member of the Ordo Hereticus led several small battle forces into the capital city of Lomas. Piece by piece the picture of what had happened on Icar 4 became clear. The divinations of the Imperial Tarot and Adeptus Astra Telepathica indicated something far worse than mere rebellion. At the heart of the uprising lay a gene-stealer infestation of unparalleled size. In utmost secrecy, Inquisitor Agmar sent a report to the conclave of the Inquisition and awaited the arrival of the Space Marines. Ultramarines Invasion Thirty-nine days after the outbreak of Rebellion, the Ultramarines battle barge Octavius entered Icar's orbit and prepared to deploy its drop pods. ICAR-4's defences were still largely ineffective because of the damage inflicted on Mass's generatorium by the Adeptus Arbites during the running street battles of the uprising, and drop casualties were light. Companies of space marines seized the main defence armouries and the Governor's Palace, where the militia headquarters had been established. Small knots of fanatical rebels held out in towers and bunkers and packs of gene-stealers were rooted out from their subterranean layers in the catacombs and cathedrals of Lomas. The rotten heart of the rebellion was crushed after a close-fought battle in the bowels of the planet, and soon after that imperial forces swept through the rubble-strewn streets, crushing all opposition. Icar IV was back under the iron heel of the Imperium within three weeks, all signs of the gene stealer infestation were thoroughly rooted out by the zealous Inquisitor Agmar with the assistance of the Ultramarines. However, Icar IV still had one mystery left to unravel. The reports of the astropaths who had accompanied the Inquisition told of sensing a faint psychic disturbance like a long, keening call or a signal radiating from the planet a signal which had been cut off when the infestation was eradicated. The oldest and most powerful of the astropaths had told Inquisitor Agmar that he too had sensed the call and that he had felt a distant shift in the warp. It was a sense of something vast and seething, a shadow of a monstrously powerful entity which had turned its attention towards Icar 4 when Agmar submitted his report to the Conclave of the Inquisition, he was warned of a growing number of reports from survivors fleeing from the outer fringes. The information was garbled and contradictory, but one fact stood out the Tyranids had returned with a new High Fleet, codenamed High Fleet Kraken. Tendrils of the Kraken. This new Tyranid invasion had come without warning, and no one could be sure how many planets had fallen to the Tyranid horde already. Kraken appeared to be made up of many subfleets, which moved to attack worlds across an entire sector simultaneously. The alarming disruption in the warp brought about by the High Fleet's Passage had blocked out astropathic communication beyond the besieged systems, and warp travel in their vicinity had become dangerously unpredictable. Whole subsectors of the Imperium had been swallowed up, with almost no clues as to what had happened to them. The handful of survivors had fled aboard ships and had been flung hundreds of light years off course by the turbulence in the warp. Their chilling accounts of the devastation left in the wake of the high fleet formed the bulk of information available to the Imperium on Kraken's silent advance. Tales came of skies turned black over whole continents by clouds of wind-blown poison spores and hulking monsters that stalked the land, ripping and slashing with murderous claws. Stories of billions of creatures swarming across the face of a world, devouring everything in their path, and leaving the planet a wasteland. Whole population centres had been subdued or wiped out in a single night, and those taken alive had envied the dead. In the Meral system, Imperial Guard regiments and Space Marines of the Scythes of the Emperor Chapter still held out against tyranids which had overrun the lush jungles and plantations of Miral Prime. The imperial forces had retreated to a huge rock mesa, known locally as the Giant's Coffin, where they fought daily against raging hordes from the dense jungles below. The jungles themselves had become extraordinarily active since the invasion, and only constant defoliation prevented vines and creepers infected with tyranid spores engulfing the defender's narrow island of rock overnight. A free captain brought rumours of Lamano, a feral planet that had come completely under the sway of a gene-stealer infestation. When a tyranid hive fleet arrived, the fierce tribesmen had calmly boarded the bioships ships. To be consumed by the new living gods. He also brought a tale from the giant asteroid monastery of Salem, telling of how the monks had chosen to poison themselves and their carefully tended ecosystem with necrotizing rotweed rather than allow their sanctified flesh and bones to be consumed by the advancing tyranids. Now Salem was nothing more than a gigantic tomb. Another dedicated merchant captain helped evacuate millions from the mining worlds of Devlin before it was consumed. The extensive system of sentinel space stations around Devlin delayed the High Fleet long enough for a fleet of giant freighters to escape into space. A company of the Lamenters chapter of Space Marines held off frenzied attacks by the Tyranids until the last ship was loaded. Left surrounded and cut off, the Lamenters commended their souls to the Emperor and took a heavy toll on the invaders before they were finally overrun, their precious gene-seed assimilated into the tyranid swarm. Yet there seemed to be no refuge even in flight. One giant oarship, fleeing from Devlin with its cargo of refugees, arrived at its destination ominously dark and silent. No communication was forthcoming from the vessel, and it made an automated landing far from habitation. Those investigating the ship found it to be a blood-drenched abattoir when they unsealed it. Men, women, and children had been mercilessly butchered in their hundreds, perhaps thousands, it was impossible to tell. The Inquisition suspected a breach of quarantine protocol had allowed a tyranid organism to get on board, but nothing could be found, so what the murderous entity was and what became of it remained a mystery. Meanwhile, orbital defences on Graea had held the high fleet back for a time, but the invaders had overrun Graea's single moon. Now every orbit brought a rain of mycetic spores on the planet below, each spore bearing its payload of doom and destruction. Explorators recorded discovering a world deep in the eastern fringe which had been seeded with attack organisms during a tyranid terror raid decades before. Swarms of the scythe-armed beasts had killed every living thing on the planet, and now battled with each other in their unrelenting bloodlust. Seen on a galactic scale, Kraken moved as many independent high fleets, attacking across a front that covered thousands of light-years. Worlds were often bypassed, isolated or attacked unexpectedly, making a cohesive defense almost impossible to mount the Imperium was forced to concentrate its forces on the most strategically important forge worlds and hive worlds while it evacuated or simply abandoned others to their fate, letting the tendrils of the hive fleet slide through the cordon in numerous places. Agmar's divinations and the events of the rebellion on Icar IV allowed the Imperium to predict the direction in which the majority of the Tyranid fleet was heading, However, and this resulted in the tremendously bloody Battle of Icar IV in 993.M41. Due to the forewarnings of those involved in the crushing of the rebellion, the Ultramarines were able to mount a solid defence of the Icar system. Once more, their chaptermaster was present, leading his fleet to a major victory over the Tyranid Armada whilst crack teams of tyrannic war veterans who had fought at the Battle of McCrag scoured Icar IV's hives in a series of close-quarter battles that lasted nearly a full year. A terrible toll was paid by the population of that blighted world, and the planet left a smoking charnel-house of death and destruction. At around the same time, Inquisitor Sevak reported that the Eldar craftworld of Iandan had been subjected to a series of massive Tyranid attacks. The once mighty craftworld had fought off swarm after swarm of attacking hive-ships, but in doing so its space fleet had been virtually destroyed. Several swarms of tyrannids had reached the craftworld itself, and fighting had raged throughout its slender wraithbone towers and magnificent crystal domes. Now most of the Craftworld lay in ruins, a shattered and crumbling remnant of its former glory. Four-fifths of its people were left dead or dying, a terrible blow for the dwindling Eldar race. Though the back of High Fleet Kraken was broken by the two major defeats it suffered at Icar IV and Craftworld Ayandan, several hundred inhabited worlds had fallen to the Tyranids, Two entire Space Marine chapters, based on the eastern fringe, the Scythes of the Emperor and the Lamenters, had been all but destroyed, with little more than a company of each chapter surviving the Tyranid onslaught. And though two tendrils of Kraken's advance had been shattered, and the crisis on the eastern fringe had stabilized somewhat, an unknown number of splinter fleets have sloughed from the main Tyranid incursions. The Splinter Fleets The scattered remnants of the Tyranid attack on Icar IV appeared to have fled towards the Galactic Core, driving well within the defensive perimeters drawn to combat High Fleet Kraken. These Splinter Fleets have, if anything, become an even greater threat as they raise unsuspecting and ill-defended worlds far from the war zones. Splinter fleets may comprise as few as a dozen hive-ships, but a dozen ships are still more than capable of overwhelming an isolated world, just as with Tyran over two centuries ago. Running battles with the splinter fleets are draining the defences against Kraken even further, and the fleets themselves are regaining their strength as they feast on the bounty of the worlds they devour. The fight to halt Kraken's advance has not been entirely in vain, for the Imperium has learnt many lessons about how best to fight back against its extragalactic foe. In a number of systems, space marines have boarded Tyranid ships while the alien creatures within were still dormant after exiting the warp. These boarding parties entered the pulsing vitals of the immense alien craft, gathering the information about the Tyranids and destroying thousands of creatures while they lay frozen in hibernation. The information gathered by these brave space marines has proved vital to the Imperium's search for a way to defeat the Tyranid menace. Total War The Adeptus terror was sufficiently shaken by the constant flow of reports of invasion from the Ultima Segmentum to convene the High Lords of Terror, their conclusion was rapid and succinct the vast inroads of the tyranids into the imperium must be stopped at all costs the tyranid race must be investigated and if possible utterly exterminated the imperial tarot has predicted a time of coming darkness unmatched since the darkest hours of the horus heresy the devourer of worlds grappled with the human galaxy and thus far it had shown only the first hints of its true strength. At the command of the High Lords, the huge military juggernaut of the Imperium's armed forces turned its face to the Ultima Segmentum, and readied itself for total war.
1: To think of these creatures as beasts is a grave mistake, We have observed their vanguard organisms herd prey like cattle into the paths of the main swarms. We have seen them expend tides of lesser beasts so that their enemies have no ammunition left when their leaders attack, and armored columns channeled into narrow defiles where but one of their assault beasts can tear through an entire tank company. Only yesterday we received a pick-capture of several platoons falling back into the keep of next bestion, only to be trapped and slaughtered by burrowing organisms that burst from the ground. These creatures have shown evidence of a tactical acumen that speaks of a far worse threat than that posed by a mere beast.
0: Lex Mechanic Ursus, Bellis Corona You have been listening to Oldex, Codex Tyranids, 4th Edition, High Fleet Kraken, 992.m41. Written by Phil Kelly and Andy Chambers, with additional text by Andy Hoare and Graham McNeil, pages 12-15. to Narrated by R.J. Bailey. With great thanks to Alistair for donating this copy of Codex Tyranids. Thank you to Phil Kelly, Andy Chambers, Andy Hoare, and Graham McNeil for writing the fiction I grew up with. If you've enjoyed this, please leave a review where you found it, or like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, depending how you're listening. This production, like all of Old X, is entirely unofficial and uncommercial, from an out-of-print publication, is a derivative work with all copyrights owned by Games Workshop, and is a celebration of the hobby and lore I grew up with. If you have suggestions for other old Codex fiction for me to narrate on this podcast, you can comment, contact me on Twitter at rjbailey, or email robertjbailey at gmail.com. Links are in the show description.